G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. There's not a single person listening to this message anywhere in the world who at one time or another has not thought these things. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. In this message, Pastor Jeff is looking at a few verses from Psalm 72, passages all about envy. First, he'll define what envy is, and then we'll get into why we need to deal with it, and then how we deal with it to help us move away from being envious. Let's get into it now. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Every sermon that I deliver comes from a passage. And I just don't make these things up or try to read some kind of psychology journal. I'm trying to glean everything I can from a passage of scripture. I wanna read that passage. Every sermon, I'm gonna be beginning by reading that passage. And I wanna give you time to get there. And then the entire message will be about that text. So if you do have a Bible, and I wanna encourage you to get a Bible, to bring a Bible, to write notes in the margin, and go back to it at later times when you're struggling, you'll be surprised how the Spirit of God speaks to you then, of something that you heard in the past. So our text, as we continue our series called Move, Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verses one through three and 21 through 26. I'm gonna read those for you now, but don't worry, you can find your way to them because we're gonna keep referring to them in the next 35 minutes. Psalm 73, verse one. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then down in verse 21 through 26, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me up into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The reality is there's not a single person listening to this message anywhere in the world who at one time or another has not thought these things. Why are evil men and women so successful? Why is it that she always seems to get what she wants, he always seems to get what he wants, and I'm the one living the righteous life? In fact, in Psalm 73, the writer goes on to say in verse four, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. The psalmist says, I just don't get it. They're wicked, I'm righteous, and yet their bodies are healthy 
and sleek. They're great looking people, great people of strength. They're increasing in their wealth. They're not plagued by poverty and they're unrighteous. I don't get it. And if something bad were to happen to them, it would actually be joyous. That is called envy. And envy, and we've all done it and we all experience, is one of those, one of those areas of our lives that causes so much damage but it's also very difficult to discover it in ourselves because it hides so easily. One of my favorite shows, Everybody Loves Raymond. If you know anything about the show, Raymond is loved by everyone. That's why it's called Everyone Loves Raymond. But Robert, the brother, the sibling, is kind of neglected. And so there are many episodes throughout the 11 seasons that deal with the feelings Robert has about being second fiddle or playing second fiddle. One of my favorite episodes... Robert admits to everyone in the family, he says, you know, I got to admit, when my day's not going so well, I say a little prayer. And Deborah, Raymond's wife, says, you say a prayer? What do you say? And Robert says, I pray and I say, God, get him. Make something bad happen in his life so that I can feel better about mine. The psalmist says in Psalm 73, verse 21, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. It might be humorous to us. And I think most of us don't realize this, but envy is the source of so much sorrow and frustration in our lives. Again, it goes back to, if you understand the precepts of God, if you live within those parameters, if you deal with some of these things in your life, the joyful life that you've been searching for all of your life becomes a reality. Otherwise, it's disintegration. Now, here's what I want to do quickly, because this is a very important topic. I want to do three things. Number one, what is envy? Let's define it. Two, how, why is it that we should even deal with it? Why not just ignore it? And three, how do we deal with it? Because it's so paramount in our lives. All right, number one, what is envy? It's not the same as coveting. Coveting is wanting something that you don't have. Envy is resenting the fact that someone else has it. You actually want what somebody else has and you're so angry that you don't have it. It may even be their entire lives. You wish you had someone else's life and you're so angry, you resent it so much that you actually rejoice when something bad happens to them. And instead of rejoicing over the good things that might happen to someone else, you actually weep over the fact that you don't have what they have. So first of all, envy is not the same as coveting, but it's also not the same as jealousy. You know, I am jealous that Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods have such great golf swings. But I don't envy them in the sense that I hate the fact that they do. I find myself rejoicing, in fact, at their successes. In fact, I wasn't a big Tiger Woods fan, but when he went through so much in his family and so much heartbreak and heartache, when he came back and won the 2019 Masters, I actually found myself rejoicing. So that's not envy. You can be jealous that you don't have something someone else has, but that doesn't mean that you... You hate them because of it, that you're bitter because of it. It just means that you are jealous that they have something you don't have and you wish you had it. Envy is not like that. Envy is when you realize that someone's better than you or they have something better than you in their lives and you hate it and you resent it. You're angry about it. You're embittered, the psalmist says, and your day goes better when their life falls apart. So if I could define envy in one way, I would say that envy weeps at those who rejoice and rejoices at those who are weeping. And again, pastors are not immune to this. This is a, this is a very strong current that runs through our lives because we've been impacted by the fall. Think about it. Adam and Eve had everything in the garden, 
Everything, eternal life, no pain, no suffering. And yet it still wasn't enough. They wanted something more and they hated or despised the fact they couldn't have it. So it doesn't really matter how much you have. Envy can still dominate your life. And we've all been there. You know, when I was in high school, I've mentioned uh, in my senior year, uh, there was a new recruit that came in. And before he came in, you know, I was kind of the captain of the basketball team. I was the one that everyone talked to about the game. And then this, this transfer student came in. He was huge and so much more talented. And when you're that young, you're trying to deal with the attention away from you onto something else. I can tell you the envy, the hatred. I remember we were playing a game in an in a adjacent city and he went down with a knee injury uh, halfway through the second quarter. And my first inclination, my first inclination was to say, oh man, this is good. He's not going to be able to play anymore and the attention's going to turn back to me. And then I caught myself. Now, we're supposed to grow out of those things, but for many of us, we never do. So envy, if you could summarize it, it's when, when we weep when someone else rejoices, when we rejoice when someone else weeps. In fact, some of us, have such a pervasive kind of envy that we're so unhappy with the way our lives are going that we're basically envious of almost anybody else. And as a result, we've become such a sour person, nobody really wants to be around us. And we wonder why. And the reason is because every time somebody else is around us, we suck all the joy right out of their lives. And so they walk away from us feeling depleted. When we lived in New Zealand, uh, I've said the best kept secret of New Zealand is the weather. So much rain, so many clouds. But there are certain periods, certain seasonal patterns where the weather uh, forecast would be described as what is known as anticyclone. Now, an anticyclone is when there would be a cyclone out in the Pacific. And as a result, that cyclone would pull in all the bad weather from all over the island, North and South Island of New Zealand. So we knew we were gonna get four or five days of beautiful sunshine because this cyclone out in the Pacific would just cause a sort of suction power that it would bring in all the clouds and bad weather and we would be clear for a few days, beautiful weather. This is exactly what envy does. It sucks everything bad into it. It casts off every good thing away from it. And misery begins to hover over you like a dark, dark cloud. And nobody wants to be around you. Now keep going for a moment. I know I'm hammering this. This is important though. Think about where our political society is today. Think about what is at the core of our political and social unrest. Envy. Politically speaking, once you get to Washington, D.C., you're sucked into the vortex of power, position, and control. You see all the expense accounts that someone else may have and the noorati, and you want it. Back home, you were a big fish in a small pond, but now you want to swim with a big fish. You want that kind of expense account. You want that kind of power, control, and influence. So suddenly you start envying. Instead of appreciating that you've come from a small town, now you think you deserve to have something even better. So you start undermining and cheating and lying to do whatever you have to do to climb to the top to get what you think you deserve. Why? Envy. You resent that others have what you do not have. And somewhere along the line, it ceases to be about you representing the people that you're supposed to be representing, and it becomes more about you getting what you think you should have. Folks, what do you think is really behind all the political venom today? You say, well, people just have different ideas. Ha, huh. 
No way. It's about envy, position, and power. And those of you who were living during the Clinton administration, do you remember Vincent Foster? So Vincent Foster actually committed suicide. He was part of the Clinton administration. And here's what he said. He said, I don't belong here in Washington. Here, ruining people's reputation is sport. And he just couldn't live with it. The same is true in the corporate world. Do you realize that tech companies don't simply want to get rich? They want to ruin all their competitors. It's not enough to have so much. We have to ruin everyone else's lives. We don't want anybody to experience more, of this, more success than we do, even though we already have so much of it. Envy impacts not merely our wealth, but it impacts our identity. We need to appear to have more than other people. We need to appear to be better than other people. And that's what will ultimately destroy this nation, the violation of decency and our care and concern for one another. So some of you hear this message and you think, okay, then I'm not gonna go into the political world. I'm just gonna be a teacher. You think it'll be different. Robin and I, when we lived in New Zealand, knew a concert pianist. She was accomplished, an amazing performer. And as she got a little bit older, she decided that she really wanted to teach now. She wanted to pass her knowledge and understanding of music down to the next generation. But she was told by those who were in charge at Auckland University that in order to do that, she would have to get a PhD. Even though she probably knew more than anyone who had ever learned anything about music, she would need to have those titles, that title beside her name. So she immediately started teaching on a part-time basis and working on her PhD. One day we were seated in her lounge and she said, Jeff, I thought when I got into teaching, it would be so enjoyable, but can I tell you, you have no idea of the backbiting, the jealousy at Auckland University. The academic world is twisted and distorted by envy. Scholars are utterly jealous of who gets published where. And if they haven't been published to the degree that someone else has, they start targeting them and trying to bring them down. And if someone gets tenure, everybody else puts a target on their back and says, we've well, got to bring them down somehow to where we are. And heaven forbid that an outsider want to come in and contribute something because that would just be one more person with whom we have to compete. So the whole culture is poison filled with bitterness and jealousy and envy. And so envy is destroying not only the political culture, the corporate culture, but it's also destroying our social culture and physiological culture. Okay, let, let's catch up. Where are we now? First, what is envy? We said, envy weeps at those who rejoice and rejoices at those who are weeping. Second, why do you have to deal with it? Why can't you just ignore it? Because the psalmist says again in chapter 73, verse 21, that his spirit, he was grieved, always sad. He was sour and his spirit embittered. He was angry. It destroyed his joy, his future potential for joy. It destroys political cultures, corporate culture, social and physiological health, psychological health. One last reason, and then we'll move to the result. We'll move to the answer to this. Dr. Tim Keller makes a very strong point here. He says, if you understand what it is that you envy, you will begin to understand your own heart. He says, learn what you envy and you will know who you really are. And he quotes a book by Soren Kierkegaard called Sickness Unto Death. And Kierkegaard in this book says that God calls every person to live before God. Not to live before anything else, but to live before God. Now you say, what does that mean? 
Let me take you back to Charles Tooley, the great American sociological king who developed what is called the looking glass self. And in the looking glass self, he says that a person's self-concept is determined by what he thinks the most important person in his life thinks about him or her. So in summary, whatever the most important person in your life thinks about you to a great degree, that's what you're going to think about yourself. And in the past, I've said, well, in that case, if Jesus has preeminence in your life, if you live before him, if he's the most important entity in your life, then your self-esteem is going to be off the charts because nobody loves you like him. This is what it means to live before God, to make God the main source of your happiness, to build your identity and self-esteem on him. Therefore, Keller says, if you want to discover what it is that you look to instead of God for your identity, for your self-affirmation, for what justifies your life and existence, what proves your value, your meaning and significance, the answer to that question, he says, can be discovered in what it is that you envy. Now, just a quick word to all the pastors who are listening. If you're honest with yourself, you know that we're no different than anyone else. And you, you have to be careful. You can start to believe that your self-esteem and your acceptance and your significance is based upon how many people know your name, how many people brag on your sermons, how many followers you have on Facebook, whatever it is, you can suddenly begin to have such a motivation that you would begin to envy those pastors and teachers who are seemingly more successful than you. And suddenly you begin to do what you do, not out of love for God, because you're not living before God. You're living before a big church and a big name. When you do that, you'll start doing things that are not consistent with the kingdom of God, but are merely consistent with the kingdom you're trying to build. And you will live with an overarching sense of sorrow and your soul begins to disintegrate. But we're not the only ones, are we? Let's say that, Let's say that you're a coach. And when you were in uh, undergraduate school, so you were going to university, you and four friends, you decided that you were gonna go into coaching. And you, all of your friends, you, you did exactly that. But you notice 10 years, 15 years after you graduated, your friends now are coaching at a higher level than you are. They're winning more accolades. They're winning more championships. And you're stuck down here in division three and nobody hardly knows your name. How do you respond to that? How do you feel about that? And of course, that all depends on your relationship to God. If you're living before God, then you'll still be able to admire people who are doing better than you. You'll be able to rejoice in their successes. But if you're living before your career, if coaching is the reason you get out of bed every morning, if coaching is the meaning of your life, if coaching is the way that you know that you're worth something, if you're living before coaching, you'll not be able to admire the successes of someone else. Now, you may say that you do, you may even try to convince yourself that you are, but in reality, you resent them. If you wanna know who you really are, what your self-justifications are, follow your envies. Coaching, acting, a musician, even a worship leader, a teacher, a writer, a preacher, whatever it is. If you live before those things and depend on those things to give you 
your sense of self-worth, you will always live with envy and bitterness. You know, in the movie Rocky, do you remember? Adrian keeps asking Rocky, what do you want, Rocky? What do you want? And he says, I just want to go the distance. I don't have to win the fight. I just want to go the distance. She says, why? And then he says, then I'll know that I'm not just some bum off the street. Boxing was his self-justification. Now listen, this is the end. It's going to take me a moment, but I need your attention. There is something in every person's life hearing this message and speaking this message. Down deep in your heart, you're saying, if I have that, then it'll prove that I'm not just some bum off the street. If I can just get that. And if it's not God and your relationship with God, the love of God, the experience of God, knowing God, the lights in you. If it's not that, if, if that's not the deepest consolation of your heart, if it's not the greatest honor of your soul, if it's not God who convinces you that you're not just some bum off the street, that God has made you worthy of love and acceptance and eternal life, then you will be drained by envy and you will dwell in the house of sadness all the days of your life, embittered by all the unrealized. And because everybody in this room and speaking and listening does not live wholly before God, but is always looking to something else for self-justification, you and I are always fighting envy and are always drained of so much of the joy that we could be truly living with. So the question in the end of the sermon then, how do we move away from envy? This is a, a series called Move. How do we move away from it? Where do we take our envy so that it does not strangle us? Now, this is where Proverbs, it's also enunciated quite well in our text in Psalm 73, but there are two verses in Proverbs 23 that almost appear as if the same writer's writing both and he's given the answer to the tension that we find in Psalm 73. In Proverbs 23, in two verses, 17 and 18, we learn the answer. You have to move up into something and you have to move ahead into something. If you ever hope to defeat envy in such a way that it no longer strangles you, you gotta move up into something and you gotta move ahead into something. You find it in these two verses. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. So what is the fear of the Lord? Remember, we've said numerous times, the fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is respect and reverence and primarily worship. It's awe and wonder toward the beauty and magnificence of God. Unfortunately, we'll have to pause it there on Today with Jeff Vines, but join us next time as we'll finish this message all about envy as Pastor Jeff looks at a few more verses from Psalm 72. We've defined what envy is and why we need to deal with it. Next time, we'll get deeper into how we deal with it. So the question in the end of the sermon then, how do we move away from envy? This is a, a series called Move. How do we move away from it? Where do we take our envy so that it does not strangle us?
Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.